Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, it's Allie with the Hollywood Life Podcast and Bonnie is on vacay. So I have my colleague and friend and fellow redheaded queen, <laughs> Alyssa Norwin here with me today. And we are going to get into all of the entertainment things. Also, she recaps The Bachelor for us on HollywoodLife.com. So if you haven't read our recaps, make sure you do that every Monday night. And we will chat a little bit about that today. But to kick it off, Alyssa, I want to talk about the Grammys. Of course. Yes. So we were both up watching very late. Way past my bedtime, let me just tell you. (laughs) Way past the bedtime. And also, I don't know if you know this, but I, for some reason, they had all of us who were in like the press room sign on at three. So So you're just sitting on your computer. Sitting on my computer because there's, so everyone listening, there's a pre-Grammy show that does pretty much 90 to probably 95% of the award announcements. And then the rest happen on the show, which, and the rest is 12 and yeah. it's four and a half, five hours. The pre-show takes like two hours and it's like a hundred back awards. Back to back to back. They just have one person come out and just like announce them all. You get like 10 seconds to come up on stage. Like it's very fast, but I was watching that because people were coming in the press room. Um, and so yeah, three o'clock to 12 o'clock was well, my Thank you for covering it for us. <laughs> you crushed it, of course. <laughs> no, it was so fun though. To I mean, the Grammys are obviously always going to be one of the more like fun award shows because they have their performances mixed in. But yeah. four hours was a little pushing it on a Sunday night. Yeah. And also I kind of felt like the performances, I mean, while I really loved watching them and stuff, they weren't really like related to the big awards of the night. So yeah, Harry Styles performed, Brandy Carlisle performed, and then, you know, Luke Combs, like there was like some, of course there was the amazing hip hop medley. Um, but like, where was Adele, Beyonce and Taylor? Like, I, know, and- I feel like, and like that's who everyone was talking about in the audience, but we had to just base everything off of what they were doing sitting in the crowd because they never went on stage. <laughs> Exactly. They never went on stage. They never performed and they were nominated. I mean, Lizzo also gave an amazing performance, but these three were like the biggest nominees of the night. Yeah. Beyonce nine nominations, Adele and Taylor Swift, I think were tied with like seven and eight or like had seven and eight, something like that. And they, Taylor didn't go on stage once. She didn't win. No, I, I probably would have preferred Taylor just singing all too well, 10 minute version 500 times over four hours as opposed to um, the other stuff sometimes. I know. <laughs> I didn't get it whatsoever. But, know. you know, I think that another big question of the night, though, which we waited the four and a half hours for was album of the year, Worst which ultimately went to Harry. Um, what did you think about the the award? Did you think that Harry deserved it? 
okay, here's, here's how I feel about it. I, I feel like I probably like Harry Styles and Beyonce equally. They're not like my top favorite artists. I like respect them as musicians and everything they do. I think they're great for pop culture and for the music industry in general. So I'm not like favoring one over the other in either way going in. I obviously knew Beyonce was the favored person to win this award going into the night, but I kind of feel like a little bad for Harry just because of like the negative response that there's been to him winning. Like, yeah. I know we all wanted Beyonce to win. I can respect that. But like, that doesn't mean that Harry deserves it any less. Totally agree. And I like, I'm such a, I, we're really similar in this. Like when people were streaming from the rafters, like booing and like saying it should have been, like nothing is worse than, and Taylor Swift knows best. Nothing is worse right. than somebody telling you you don't deserve something when it's like a massive moment in your life. And you've worked just as hard. Yeah. You know, then, and yeah, like that was really upsetting. That was sad. I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who's like a huge Beyonce fan, which is me with Taylor Swift. Like right. obviously when she lost in 2014 or whatever year it was for Red, that was like, as a fan, like kind of devastating. Like you really wanted her to win. You knew how much she poured into that album. But like, I don't think I would stand up in a crowd and boo someone else who's winning album of the year for the first time in their life. Right, Exactly. And not to mention the fact, and like, again, like you said, equally, I love Beyonce. I am a big Beyonce fan. I think she is just like amazing doing so much for the world, et cetera, et cetera. She released Renaissance and she didn't really do anything after that. Like there were some videos. She didn't announce a tour until this past week. Harry, I went on, I I saw him October, 2021, Harry's house was about to come out. He was already performing singles from the that album. And then he's been touring it and doing residencies for the last year and a half. Doing going on, yeah. And still going. And still yeah. going, still yeah. doing it. So I'm kind of like, he's done so much promo for this. Sorry, my dog. He's done <laughs> so much promo for like it all kind of coming to album of the year and that moment so yeah I felt bad and fans also kept saying that they felt like he seemed really anxious and like uncomfortable through the night I didn't really get that but I didn't get that vibe I think the something that didn't really help for the argument of Harry winning was then when he did his speech he clearly was so nervous and probably was like oh my god I just beat Beyonce and everyone's gonna hate me like who knows what's going through his mind right when he worded his speech he made that comment like this doesn't happen to people like me very often and like I knew what he meant. He meant someone who's like coming from a small town and like was in like a boy band. And then who knew if they were ever going to become as famous as they did. And, you know, right. maybe does stuff that's a little against the grain. Like I get what he meant. Sure. It didn't translate well, especially in the situation going against Beyonce. Um, right. And then people were giving him some like hard times about his performance saying like, he didn't sound great, which I didn't think it was that bad. We've heard um, people sound a lot worse after covering a lot of these award shows. Yeah. So like, I'm not taking anything away from Beyonce and I'm not going to stand on one side or the other of like who I thought should win. Cause like, I don't know, but right. I think that the reaction to him winning was unfair. Completely agree. And now what people, Hey, now what people are trying to do with Adele saying that she like got up and walked out. Like there's this viral TikTok video yeah. that she like got up and walked out and all this stuff. And so Lizzo, Lizzo who captured, like, she was like our videographer that night. Yeah. 
like, oh, you want another angle, Beyonce, here? And, yeah. and here's me and Adele cheering for Harry. And here's, yeah. but she gave the alternative view. Really what Adele was doing was getting up and moving over to go celebrate Harry with Lizzo. Yeah. who was being like a great sport about it. And if we know anything about Adele, we know that like she feels like so humbly about awards that she's like, I think if Adele won, she would have like gone like Katie Heron again and broke yeah. the award in half and just, or she just would have given it straight to Beyonce and been yeah. like, yours. Yeah, and especially because so she, she beat Beyonce once in the past already. So she, right. she didn't want anything to do with that again. <laughs> I do think it's really wild that Beyonce has never won album of the year. It is shocking. Like I, I get, like, I really feel like I can stand on both sides of this. Like I get what the Beyonce fans were saying on Twitter. Like, why is she the most awarded person in Grammy history but she's never won the main awards right it's very weird it's very weird I saw someone quoted in Variety one of the voters and they were like it kind of was almost like they were like against her for winning so much like they were like she gets everything it's always a production when her album comes out like she doesn't like need this type thing and that was the response and I was like that's like she does like, all that so that she can be so well rewarded for it exactly <laughs> and also if she is going to win in every other category like that has to say something yeah you know? yeah I don't know. it was very weird interesting it was um, weird and interesting yeah but all in all I would say good show. My favorite performance of the evening was my woman, Brandy Carlisle. She was amazing. I, do, so I feel it was so far in the beginning. I feel like people probably almost forgot, but no, she crushed it. I know. And you know what little like touch of the show that I really loved was how they had somebody personal to the celebrities introduce them or the, the yes. performers introduce them for like the yeah. most part. Um, so Brandy's little girls and wife introduced her um I loved how Luke Combs the bar owner where he was yeah, a bouncer introduced him. random people it was so perfect yeah I loved yeah, that that was a nice touch and I feel like Brandy's was especially special because it was in the beginning like I didn't even realize that that's what they were doing yet so then I like really remembered that one yeah so I just thought it was like such a cute little thing yeah um so that's Grammys now we have another Sunday event this Sunday, February, the Super Bowl. Um, oh. I know our Super Bowl was the Grammys, and now this is like everyone else's yeah. Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But what are you looking forward to most? I feel like I can tell. I know. I mean, it's got to be Rihanna. Like uh, again, am I like the world's biggest Rihanna fan? Buying all her albums the day they come out? No, but like, you got to be excited for a Rihanna halftime show. We've yeah. been waiting our whole lives for this. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I'm am really looking forward to Chris Stapleton doing Star Spangled Banner. Yes, so yeah, he's gonna great. crush it. Um, and like I'm just he's so freaking good. Um, yeah. but then Rihanna's halftime show. I've seen some rumors about who she's maybe gonna bring out. Like someone said something about Kesha. I was like, but okay. the whole thing has really been kept kind of under wraps, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And I was almost curious if she was going to do like, I mean, she has so many hits that she could just do it by herself, but it's a long time to, to do consistent yeah. by yourself, even though that's what JLo, I guess, wanted. Yeah. Um, well, I was just going to bring that up from watching JLo's documentary, which I'm assuming yeah. you do too. It really gives you an idea of how much of their hearts these artists put into putting the show together. And so like, 
I think the fact that she's been working on this so hard for however many months now, and we haven't really heard anything about what she's planned is like just a testament to how big of a deal this is for them. Yes. And we do know that Rihanna is so good at keeping things quiet. Like her inner circle just must be like so small and tight lipped. Um, But I wonder, you know, if her baby's going to be there and if we're going to get a little glimpse of that, of him. Um, yeah, cause she's just, even though she hasn't been putting music out, she still had so much going on. So like, yeah, like endless possibilities. I know. And she has like a Fenty line that's dropping with it. I feel like it's going to be really celeb heavy. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, like I, a lot of like guests in attendance. Yeah. Like Fenty's doing a press trip for oh, the Super Bowl. There you go. So I, like, it's in Phoenix. Like, so it's like close enough to California. Like it's yeah. not. Yeah. And Adele yeah. said she was going just to see Rihanna. Literally, say, like, me too, please bring yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and, but then, on. of course, like, obviously, there's a football game, too. I was going to say that. About. <laughs> Let's not take that away from them. And, like, it, it is nice. Like, I feel like working on, like, an entertainment slash pop culture website, like, there is, like, somewhat of that element to it. Like, you have Patrick Mahomes, who has him and his wife are, you know, they had two kids in two years and they're like always in the news now just for their relationship. So like there is a pop culture element to that too, that I think we can get excited about. Yes. And the Kelsey brothers, Kel- yeah, the Kelsey brothers. Yes, yes. They're going against each other. I know they just did a cute little video that you, um, I saw you had sent in yesterday or like, yeah, they're mo- they're, they have a podcast and it's like super mm. popular and their parents came on the podcast this week. And like, just like so supportive of each other. So one of the brothers is like married with kids. And like, I think the parents are kind of like gravitating towards the other one a little bit because he's single and they're like, you won't have anyone to hang out with after the game. Like, well, he needs this. (laughs) He's the one who had a, like that reality dating show on E like six years ago. Yeah. I saw that. That like keeps coming up on TikTok for me. I was like, Travis had a dating show. Like he's still alone. Yeah. But he's single um, now, so single now. Ladies, most eligible bachelor of the Super Bowl. Truly, truly. Well, speaking of Bachelor, you have been recapping the show this Perhaps. season. Um, tell me, like, biggest surprises. Like, why should people like continue to watch this show? Okay, I I think I've just been watching this for so long that I don't even know what like the mainstream public opinion. Yeah. Each season is going into it. So when this one was starting, and I was reading all the interviews and like seeing what people were saying, everyone was like, Zach's going to be the most boring bachelor ever. And I get it. Just another like attractive white guy football. Like I get it. It's, it's people thought it was going to be boring, but he is so charming. I think I got to meet him like a few months before the show aired because there was like a press event or whatever. And he was so nice and charming. You could tell that he like, even with like random reporters, he was just like really taking the time to get to talk to people. And I, that like translates onto the show to me. He like, he like asks questions with the intention of actually caring what the people are saying back as opposed to asking it because he knows he has to ask it. Right, right. And he keeps making a point to like say that he doesn't want to deal with drama, which they all say, but then they kind of like invite the drama in. And like, he is really like, the drama starts and then like it's over he ends the conversation with whoever it's involved and then like if he really thinks he has to send them home he does no explanation really needed because like which is what happened last night and then he's also just like honest with the people who he doesn't have a connection with if someone's like I feel like things are a little like not going great between us he's like you know what I just don't feel it I'm like 
politely sends them home. So I've been pleasantly surprised so far, I will say. Yeah. I mean, that's like exactly what it should be, right? It's not so hard to ask. That's what he's there to find love. I know. Maybe because like I met him before, I just went in with like a really positive view of him. And I don't know if other people are going to give him this much credit, but I think the response has been fairly positive so far. Yeah. I definitely haven't seen anything bad and it's good that he's just like authentic because that does come through. And if it doesn't come through on the show, it comes through afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll find out. Um, Um, I keep seeing Christina. Right. So Christina Mandrell's aunt is Barb Mandrell, who's a famous country singer. Mm -hmm. And so going into the season, she was already going to be someone people were looking for. And she happened to be the lady who, you know, kind of stirred things up a bit in the first few episodes. And it was very interesting the way they edited it, because in last week's episode, I think from what I saw, a lot of the viewers were kind of like on her side, like a girl kind of complained to Zach about feeling uncomfortable because of one woman in the house. I respect her for not naming who the woman was because she didn't want to cause trauma. She was just saying how she felt. Um, But her reasoning based on what we saw as a viewer and like not to invalidate what she felt, but like her reasoning between behind why she didn't like this woman, Christina, is because it was like Christina made a joking comment to her and she felt offended. It was very clearly a joke. Okay. Um, and so like the viewers were super team Christina last week, this week, it was like very flipped. You started seeing how like obnoxious a little bit, her behavior really was. And it doesn't help that like, you're in this house with all these other girls, you're probably not eating your regular diet. You're drinking a lot. Like, yeah, affected how she was acting. And I will say she took the criticism from Zach fairly well. And she didn't like put up a fight when he eliminated her. Like she understood. So I'm sure it won't be the last we see of her just because she's been super vocal on TikTok and Instagram. You know, she's really like playing through it, it feels like. I'm sure they're already casting for Bachelor in Paradise. So exactly, exactly. (laughs) I'm sure she'll be a hit. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And yeah, so you're right. She was definitely playing into that character persona, whatever you want to say. Like she, she didn't care to be the one who was causing a little bit of the drama. Right, right. Well, at the end of our podcast, we always ask what you are if you're like watching any content reading anything like anything that you are loving right now that you wanted to share oh my god well I might have posted this on Instagram I don't know if you saw but a book I read really recently that I loved was wrong place wrong time by Jillian oh, McAnister love so it good. I'm like I really wasn't expecting to like it because it's like kind of told backwards yes so I was just like, I think I'm going to be too confused, but oh my God, it was so good. So good. I, I know you're my fellow book queen. So I, I have to say, say where yeah. Alyssa and I are big readers. Um, yeah. I am in search of a new book right now, actually. So if anyone has recommendations, that's been my favorite recently. And then if you need a TV show, I just watched Bad Sisters on Apple TV. Oh, good. So good. Watch it. Yeah. Okay. I am still watching. Well, oh, I just started season three of Emily in Paris. I had been putting it off because people yeah. were like, nah, nah. I mean, I watched it in like a day, but it's cheesy. Yeah, it's cheesy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ambient watching as my mom yeah. says. Yeah. Good like background. Exactly. Show, whatever. It's not going to give you anxiety like Ginny and Georgia gave me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what the, that's what I've been watching. Well, Bat Sisters might give you a little anxiety. It's like a, you're trying to find out who killed someone. Okay. Um. I got like, like a little bit of big little lies, like that kind of vibes, like 
five, four or five women, like there's a mystery to solve situation. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Apple TV. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Um, so we are leading into our interview segment, guys. Make sure you keep listening. I talked to Elisa Donovan, who starred in Clueless. Uh, she has a big Super Bowl commercial with Alicia Silverstone. Um, and it's gonna be epic. So make sure you guys stay tuned for the rest of the interview and um watch the Super Bowl on Sunday and let us know what you think. Come back next Tuesday for another episode. Thanks, Alyssa. Worse, bye. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I am so excited for my super special guest today. As a 90s baby, um, I watched her religiously on my television uh, from Sabrina the Teenage Witch to her role in Clueless. And we are going to have her back on our TV screens again. Uh, you might have seen the Super Bowl commercial, Clueless themed uh, for Rakuten. So I'm so excited to have here today, Elisa Donovan. Hello. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Of it's course. nice to see another ginger. Yes, I know. <laughs> when we jumped on this Zoom, I kind of like did a double take. I was like, am I looking at my future? Am I looking at my future? Hello. <laughs> um, but it's so great to have you on. So great to talk to a fellow redhead. Did you always like your red hair? Or was that like a point? Well, when I was growing up, I, my hair was more reddish brown. And when I was young, 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 it was more red. And then it turned more like an auburn kind of color. So I was never super strawberry or, or carrot toppy. And now I feel like, oh, I wish I was, but the people that I know that were like that, it was a little bit challenging. It was, it we was always get a bad rap. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when I was like in middle school, that South Park episode came out with when gingers have no souls. And uh, so was like really, it was hard. It was hard for me. Right. Someone just asked me yesterday in an interview about that, about why do you think that redheads are always portrayed as the bad girl, cool. the mean girl, the devil, the, the bad neighbor, you know, someone, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I said, it's probably goes back to some ancient thing of, you know, there was some super wise, really intuitive redheaded woman who they said, oh, she's too much. She's a witch. She's a witch. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I really do feel that. I feel that in my redhead ancestry that we were witches. So, um, but it is redhead. And now (laughs) it's like such a trend, like Kendall Jenner got red hair. So everybody was getting red hair. I was like, oh my goodness. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we are so excited to have you on, mostly to talk about this return to Clueless. Um, You guys all got together with Alicia Silverstone, um, who uh, returned to her iconic character of Cher for this Rakuten Super Bowl commercial. Tell me a little bit about how this came to be. So uh, in the fall, I was approached by um, Rakuten and they said, we are doing a Super Bowl spot. 
and it will be you and Alicia, and you will be re, it's an homage to the debate scene in the film. And I said, are they serious? <laughs> are we really, are we really going to do a Super Bowl commercial? And um, it turns out, yes, they were serious. And uh, the script is so clever and so sweet. And, you know, we get approached, I can only imagine how often Alicia is approached, but uh -huh. I certainly do get approached quite often to do something related to it or to do, uh, you know, some sort of Clueless-esque thing. And it's, I don't really ever, it's nothing ever really seems quite right, but mm -hmm. This was such a great opportunity for us and so much fun and so cute and really, really clever. And Rakuten is such, it's the perfect marriage for Clueless. I mean, it's its a shopping app where you receive money back when you buy things. I mean, Amber would be all over all this, over <laughs> all over it. And to not have to leave your house to do as little work as possible and buy some high fashion and receive money back in return. I mean, what could be better? Yeah. So it was really the perfect, uh, the, the perfect timing and the, and the right product. And it's so funny. Like when you think back to Cher's closet that she would, you mm -hmm. know, swipe through and that was so forward thinking at the time. And now it's like, oh, we can do that right we on. Really do it. You know, yep. <laughs> right on our apps and it works yes. so well. <laughs> um, so it's so funny to kind of look back at that and, and, and laugh. How was it getting back into the character of Amber? Because even for a short clip, you kind of had to kind of get back in that mindset. Yes. I mean, I have to say it was, uh, either disturbingly or pleasantly easy. Uh, it was pretty, I think Alicia and I both felt that way. It was just sort of it's something that is so ingrained, certainly in me, that character. I mean, I also played that character for three years on the wow. TV show. So it's really um, uh, imprinted on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was, I did have to go back and look at clips from that scene yeah. to, to make sure that I was not inventing in my mind what, um, what I remembered. Right, right. But, it was super fun. And, you know, we walked on the set and it is almost an exact replica of that scene from the film. So that was really fun to see the attention to detail they had. And um, Bill Pope, who was a cinematographer on the film, shot the commercial. And I just, I adore Bill. He was just so kind back then I really felt like, oh, he's, he's such a father figure mm -hmm. to me on the set. It was my first movie and, um, he just was so kind and, and so brilliant. And, uh, so that was a really special, extra special piece that he was part of it. That's so special. Do you, well, you said you went back and watched some clips, H have you, and do you go back to watch the film time to time? Yeah. No. No. Well, I know you have a daughter, so I wasn't sure if you were like, watch this movie with me or if she's like not there no. yet. I mean, first of all, she does not think I am cool at all. <laughs> and uh, I still think she's a little bit young for Clueless. I'm a bit of a more conservative mom in that way. I just think maybe in a couple year or two, she, she'll watch it. But um, she, I have only seen the film in its entirety three times and 
once was at a test screening. So before the film even came out with um, uh, Alicia, Paul, Donald, Christian, sorry, um, I was one of those characters, Dave, Justin, <laughs> and I um, all sat in the back row of this theater with a test audience. So I saw it then. And I, I was late for the premiere because I was shooting 90210. So I didn't see it then. Oh and um, I saw it in the theater once. And then I saw it, uh, there was a screening that I hosted in, in LA a couple of years back at um, the Mondrian. So really, I've only seen it three times. Wow. That's why That's I don't remember amazing. it as much as, as everybody else. <laughs> right. When people like quote to your face, you're like, uh, maybe like, that I, was in I there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been in right. The movie. <laughs> um, but this leads right into the this um kind of somewhat of a reunion that leads into a full reunion um that you're going to be having with Alicia and Stacy Dash at the 90s con that's coming yes. up. Really fun. Um, tell me a little bit about how that came to be and why it felt right you know, and just what you were saying about things, yes. you know, good for you. I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, this, it was all very, everything was embargoed and assigning NDAs to do this commercial. We weren't allowed to talk about it. And I don't know, there's something in the zeitgeist or the, mm -hmm. the whole vibe of things that I started, my manager started getting approached to do all of these appearances for things. And I thought, did somebody, <laughs> did somebody spill the beans and not, think, right. but I do really think it is just because there's such a love for and a nostalgia for the nineties right now. And, um, so it just felt like, I mean, the three of us have not, I don't think we've ever, I mean, we've certainly never done something like this together. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be really fun. I mean, it's, we were kids, you know, we were young, and so there's so much life that's happened. We've had kids, husbands, jobs, moving to places. You know, there are so many life changes that have happened since then that it's been, you know, shooting the commercial was really surreal and very fun in that way to, to come at the character from an adult perspective. And it was just really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was. And just also to kind of be in the same... Um... The, the costumes, the outfits to see her in that uh, Dolce & Gabbana plaid uh, yeah. was very nostalgic. Why do you think that the movie continues to kind of withstand the test of time? I think for a, a couple of reasons. One, it's it's just an incredibly well-made film. The mm -hmm. script is so brilliant and, and so funny, but so good-spirited and smart every area of, of the film came together so beautifully from the costumes to the set deck to everything and the cast, obviously. And so I think when, when you do something that, that touches into this universality of being a teenager and, and, and tapping into it in a way that is without harsh judgments, it's sort of really just bringing to the table exactly what it's like and there's something I think that everyone could connect to mm -hmm. and um and it's just really funny and yeah. I, I think that those things just stick with you and when when the dialogue is so succinct and and so smart I think it just it lends itself to people quoting it all the time and um 
you know, just enjoying the film together. So I, I think it's, it's a combination of things. Yeah. Give me one second. My dog is eating my charger right now. Oh, so okay. <laughs> into that. I'm sorry. He is really distracting me. Come here. Oh, sorry. Okay. Stay right here. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I, I have like a seven month old puppy and he yeah. <laughs> is discovering new things right now. He just hopped up on the chair in front of me. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, okay. Anyway. Um, so back to our conversation. Um, so for the nineties con, what do you expect that the three of you will be doing? Obviously meeting with fans, um, and there will be a panel, but, um, will you be getting into character or it's kind of going to be who you are now? Oh, I don't think we're getting into <laughs> character. I was not informed of that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we're all going as ourselves, Yeah, but we'll be taking pictures and signing autographs and doing a panel for sure. So, I mean, these I've only, I've never done yeah. something like this before. I did do Comic-Con once with the Sabrina cast mm -hmm. and um, that was so overwhelming. Oh, it's a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was fun, you know, and it's always fun to get back together and to, you know, it's, it's really special to be a part of something that has made people so happy for so yeah. many years. I mean, it's awesome. So it's nice to be able to give back to people in some way. Uh, so it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, you also, um, are working on the film of your book, wake me when you leave, um, your super successful book. It sold out in the first three days. Mm -hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about making your life story into, you know, giving it the, the Hollywood treatment. Was that the plan or is that just a surprise to you? So the plan, I, I never really, initially, I did not think about it as a film at all. I always wanted to write it as a book. And because I'm an actress, I was told from, oh, just make it a movie or write a play. And I didn't want to do those things. And then I did wind up writing it as a one woman show that I did as a benefit for the Big Brothers Big Sisters Foundation. Um, and I performed it at the Geffen Theater in LA. And then I went, this is, and it was really so well received and people were laughing and crying and having all of the responses that I had so deeply hoped that it would bring. And from that moment, I felt it really shifted things for me. And I said, this is what I wanna do with my life. Not only this piece, but this kind of work, I wanna do projects and, and things that have this sort of effect on people where mm -hmm. it's really meaningful and deep and inspires conversations. And so that prompted me to really write it as the book. And it took a while to get the, to get that together. And then I started to write it as a film at the same time, but I got the book deal first. And so I was writing the book during the pandemic, which is a whole other absurd story oh, trying to write the book you know I had a I signed the contracts what turned out to be the last day of school for my daughter in 2020 and you know the publisher said so your first deadline will be June 1st and this was March I don't know 13th well, like, something like right. that 
And I said, sure. I mean, that's not a problem. I'm really fast and she'll be back in school in two weeks. And my husband will be back at the office in two weeks. Yeah. And of course we all know that didn't happen. So that turned into me writing in essentially the laundry room because my husband was his day. He, we built a stand-up desk. He was working in the guest room, my daughter's homeschooling in her room. It was an absolute circus. And, um, but because I cared so in many ways, this book saved me. It gave me such a purpose and a sense of groundedness. And I felt like I'm doing something that's meaningful and it just really helped relieve a lot of the anxiety and stress of that time. Uh, so yeah, so, so I got the book deal first and then I went back to the film and, um, I partnered with a producer whom I had worked with as an actress and he has done many Sundance films, you know, Sundance winning films, and he's super experienced and loves the project. And we started to put a cast together with people that we started with people that we both know. And, um, it's just, I'm so excited. We're putting together a great group. And right now we are raising the finances for it. Amazing. So I'm hopeful that that will all come together this year, the, the finances, and then we're ready to go. But so I'm not going to be in it. I'm directing it. Okay. Yeah. Someone else will be playing me a younger version of me. A younger version <laughs> of you. Tell me about like the weight of finding somebody to play you. Did you have somebody in mind when you were coming up with this or uh, how did that work for you? Well, Yes, but then we had to change things along the way. We've changed the ages. There are a lot of things that have shifted. It's it's been we've been it's been in development for a year and a half now or two years. And so we keep shifting things around and now the main piece of that being the age of the main character. Right. And so now she's going to be a little bit younger. I this takes place in my when I was 30. And originally she was going to be in her early thirties. And then we had to then think about the parents and what age they would be. And the person playing the dad is a really pivotal part of it. And it's someone, one of the first people that signed on to it. And he is on the younger side. So we had to change the, and find a young actress. And we found this, oh, she's so good. And, you know, you have to find somebody who's in that place of they're not hugely famous yet. They haven't kind of had their moment and we would like this to be her moment. And so we've been pretty meticulous and I'm really excited about her. She read the script and had these incredibly articulate and thoughtful things to say about it and Mm -hmm. why she cared about it and what she thought she could bring to it. And it just gave, it encouraged me so much. It made me feel like some young people really do care. (laughs) They care about the craft of acting. They care about literature. They care about, you know, meaningful things. And so she is just a real treat. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely (laughs) think that that can be lost sometimes, especially when you like look at like younger content and the generate, you know, all of that. Yes. I thought, is she going to have the attention span to read the whole script? (laughs) (laughs) But it was very clear that she did. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I think that somebody handling your story and being entrusted to tell it in how Mm -hmm. you, you know, visualize it is, is a really heavy weight. So you need to 
you know. Right. It is. It is. And when you're making independent films, small films, everybody, it really is a labor of love and everyone has to show up a hundred percent every day because you don't have the luxury of extra days and extra time and unlimited resources. So you really, I mean, you always become a family or a dysfunctional family on a set, one or the other. Um, But in these sorts of cases, I think they really, you really, there's an intimacy that happens and that's kind of required. So mm-hmm. uh, we have to be mindful of that when in, in bringing the cast together. But yeah. so far, everybody that reads it really just wants to be a part of it, which feels so good. Feels nice. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like, you know, you've done several things already and kind of flexing that director muscle, but are you really excited to kind of be behind the camera? Oh yes. Visual. Right? Oh my gosh. I, I feel like this is kind of my, my life's work. It's like my baby and I can, I, I would love to direct more in the future, but I really feel like this is the right thing for me to start with because I have such an idea. I have such a vision for the whole film that mm-hmm. it's, you know, any of my, I mean, I've been on sets for almost 30 years right. and when you do series television, you, if you're paying attention at all, you learn so much. And I would ask so many questions about where cameras were and why they were there and much like I just I soaked it all up and um, I'm just really excited to put all of that onto the screen and also it'll be nice to go to work and not have to be in hair and makeup <laughs> yes oh my god that'll be a real treat you want to be in your like pony up yes let's like, never get on. out of my sweats like the way you show up to work as an actor I'll be able to stay that way the whole day <laughs> exactly um and it's such a incredible story that you have and you and you are telling through um you know just it, it's a very interesting look at Hollywood that people haven't necessarily seen before. So yeah. And it's really about the juxtaposition of the facade of an actor's life and the things that we really are experiencing at the same time. And, Mm -hmm. and the, the, the bigger piece of this is really about when we lose someone that we love, they don't really leave us. They're always with us. And it's about that connection after someone passes away and these dreams that my father came to me in and these otherworldly kinds of experiences that really helped me to heal and and to rejoin life because it was a really dark period and often most the majority of the time it can be very isolating when you're going through these kinds of challenges and because we're really not comfortable culturally talking about difficult things, talking about grief and talking about loss and sadness. And so I really wanted this to be a, 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 a bridge for people and a way for people to connect and also allow them to share their feelings and, you know, along with that, the, this, it's also very funny. I mean, the book is very funny too, because that's what life is. It's all of the pieces, you know, it's not all any one thing. And right next to the sadness, there are hilarious things that happen. And it's just the absurdity of, of what it is to be human. And right. that is, that really interests me. Yeah. That like life keeps on living. Like when you yes. feel like you're in this pit of grief. 
and yeah, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you said that you I'm just tracking back to this. You said you wrote this during the pandemic in your laundry room, and it this <laughs> really does sound like you know when you're writing through these things, you're kind of living through it all over again, and you're working through it all over again. So how was that for you, like mentally going through? You, hope, 2020 itself yeah and you know writing this really pivotal um piece on your life you know it was it was very bizarre I will say I mean I I had obviously to get the book deal I had a draft of the book and it wasn't complete but I had several chapters and an outline and all of that um so I had so much material on my computer already that I was able to and I had processed so much of it emotionally because it had happened years before in the process of really writing it and revising it. Once I, I um, was working with the publisher, it was such a pleasant experience for me because I, I felt like in some way the entire world is, was grieving, right? Everybody was going through this feeling of a loss of, of their livelihood and life and where are we going and what does this mean? And no one could understand what was happening at first. Mm -hmm. And so in a weird way, I felt this sort of communal support for what I was doing. And, um, it just also felt like it it was, it was meaningful and it really mattered. And Mm -hmm. it allowed me, I think, to be more, to be even more, vulnerable in the, 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 the writing of it, because I felt like that's what people will, will connect with. And you know? Yeah. Wow. That is such a great story. Um, is there anything else that you are working on right now that you wanted to make sure we brought up and chatted about today before you let you go? Um, no, I mean, I think that's it with just the, the film that we're trying to get off the ground here. And, um, I am going to be starting another book, but I have not, Oh, I am, there are two different directions I can go and I haven't quite figured out which one is going to. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Win. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, I'm excited for that because that's one of my favorite processes. Writing is such a it's heavenly for me so I'm are you hoping that. that that is going to be fiction or is that um a well that's well, that's the thing I'm that's deciding true. is it going to be a continuation of sort of what where this book ends yeah. or is it going to be fiction or is it going to be a combination which is what I feel is sort of going okay, to be yeah it's yeah. going to be um based on what happens after the end of this book, but then fictionalizing it. Awesome. Amazing, Elisa. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. And when that book comes out, when your movie comes out, 
come on back to the podcast because we would love to have you <laughs> and chat all about it. All right. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you. Of course. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.